good morning to all our listeners around the world logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com good morning to all my listeners right here with me on clubhouse thank you for being my studio audience it is wednesday september 14 we're almost halfway through the month it's hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday, and today we're crushing on the woman of gospel music. Thanks to Javette for requesting. Yeah, we really need some blessing. After y'all took me to the trenches yesterday, I gotta redeem myself. So this is well needed in the middle of the week. Thank you, Javette. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, M-I Media Moments, on Instagram at Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And you can also find me on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And the me is M-I. Coming up after this, we're going to have the headlines that we're working on for you today. This song is so powerful. I'm so sorry. I got to take it back from the top again. Javette, you're going to make me start preaching. you are 
just just stop for a second and just be grateful and know that your voice is heard your tears are seen your desires are known but you just got to trust and believe i can't say thank you enough for taking me there this morning thank you Every now and then we do have to stop and give thanks and give praises and remember where our blessings and talents come from. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. In international news, Queen Elizabeth is featured on several currencies. Now what? Russian businessman. Another one, his body found in latest mysterious death grief and questions after uk police kill chris Caba, a black man in news out of north america missing california girl's body found locked inside bathroom mother's boyfriend arrested six months later woman sues san francisco police department for using dna from rape kit to identify her as a burglary suspect three children die after police find them unresponsive on coney island beach authorities believe mother may have drowned them a teen girl used an alligator warning sign and a location sharing app to help police find her after being kidnapped and raped nurses who or nurse rather who is charged with killing six people in the la crash was going up to 130 miles per hour a package explodes on a boston campus one injured if FBI involved. 14-year-old charged with murder in killing of Philadelphia employee at playground. In business and tech news, Twitter shareholders plan to hold Elon Musk to the $44 billion deal, voted in favor of the takeover. U.S. inflation still stubbornly high despite August slowdown. U.S. markets sink on unexpectedly high inflation. In health and science news, five stages of grief and how to get through them. In sports news, owner of Phoenix Suns, Robert Sarva, fined $10 million, suspended for one season over investigation findings that he used the N-word and made sex-related comments. In the Caribbean corner, Haitian journalists killed while reporting on violence in capital. Bahamian politicians want Charles III to atone for ills of slavery. In the Cayman Islands, local bank says the paper 20-pound note and 50-pound note being phased out. Out of Jamaica, Keith Duncan, Grace Kennedy, Mussen Foot, Kamina's F-I-N-N partner's bill 
they want answers and also out of jamaica pnp doing what they always do lashing out at andrew holness for the focus on mourning the queen over local issues i gotta side with them on this one in believe it or not stories a new york woman sentenced to four months for an altercation on an american on an american flight and a woman arrested for allegedly threatening judge in mar-a-lago documents case we're gonna have the details of these stories and more coming up right after this one cup of coffee Here's Tasha Cobbs put a praise on it. In this room, with my name on it. it is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday, and today we are crushing on the women of gospel music. And this was a special request, courtesy of Javet. And we need it midweek inspiration, upliftment, a reminder of how blessed we are. And I'm tempted to start preaching. I'm gonna put a praise on. Yes, you better put a praise on it. Somebody put a praise on it. A miracle in this room. You indeed are the miracle. You better believe it. You ought to put your name in the atmosphere. Come on. Whatsoever you ask in his name shall be given unto you. You just got to have faith the size of a mustard seed. You got to believe. So I'm going to put a praise on it. Somebody put a praise on it. Can you help me put a praise on it? Somebody put a praise on it. Let's go. I guess somebody to really you have ever got through and you don't know how you did it you better put a praise on it if you've ever been in need of something and it appeared you better put a praise on it
you to all the listeners who are logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, ChannelRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where... I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram Moments with Me Media, and also on TikTok Moments with Me. Listen, it is Wednesday midweek and we're giving some praises. We're very grateful for the women of gospel as we celebrate them on this hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. We have the details, and we're starting off with international news. We're going to go ahead and get into it. First story up, Queen Elizabeth is featured on several currencies. Now what? Hmm. The story courtesy of the Associated Press out of London. Queen Elizabeth II has been depicted on British banknotes and coins for decades. Her portrait has also been featured on currencies in dozens of other places around the world. In a reminder of the British Empire's colonial reach. So what happens next after her death? It will take time for the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and other countries to swap out the monarchs on their money. Here's a look at what is next for the paper cash featuring the late queen switching monarchs the queen's portrait on british notes and coins is expected to be replaced by a likeness of the new king charles iii but it will not be immediate current banknotes featuring the image of her majesty the queen will continue to be legal tender the bank of england has said an announcement on existing paper money issued by the uk's central bank will be made after the official 10-day mourning period has ended, it said. So hold on there. So why Jamaica mourning for 12 days? Hold on there. We, we love the Queen more than England themselves. Oh, okay, hold on. Let me keep it moving. Don't, don't, don't sidetrack. Keep it, keep, it, keep, keep it focused moments. Keep it focused. Okay. As we respect this period of respectful mourning, uh, we strike, we continue to strike coins as usual, the Royal Mint said on its website. With... 4.7 billion UK banknotes worth 82 billion pounds in circulation and about 29 billion coins, British money bearing the Queen's image will likely be in circulation for years. Rather than all of the current coins and notes being handed in, the process will be a gradual one and many of the coins featuring portraits of Queen Elizabeth II will remain in circulation for many years to come and that's according to Coin Expert. After Charles takes the crown at his coronation, a new portrait will need to be taken to use on redesigned notes and coins. Coins featuring him will show him facing to the left, replacing the queen's rightward gaze in line with tradition dating to the 17th century. It dictates monarchs be shown in profile and in opposite direction to their predecessors. So what about other countries? Other nations' currencies that feature the Queen, from Australian, Canadian, and Belizean dollars, also will be updated with a new monarch. But the process could take longer because it is much easier to enforce a new design in the country where it originates 
rather than in other countries where different jurisdiction may take place. The Bank of Canada said its current $20 banknote made of synthetic polymer is designed to circulate for years to come. There is no legislative requirement to change the design within a prescribed period when the monarch changes, the Bank of Canada said. In general, when a new portrait subject is chosen for Canadian money, the process begins with drawing up a fresh design and a new note is ready to be issued a few years later, the bank said. The Reserve Bank of New Zealand said it will issue all of its stock of coins depicting the Queen before new ones go out with Charles's image. The Queen also is featured on the $20 bill, which is made infrequently, and there is no plan to destroy stock or shorten the life of existing banknotes just because they show the Queen, the bank said. It will be several years before we need to introduce coins featuring King Charles III and longer until stocks of $20 notes are exhausted. Yeah, the, she first appeared, I didn't even know this, the Queen's currency. She first appeared on money when she was still a princess. That was in 1935 when Canada's $20 bill featured the eight-year-old Princess Elizabeth, whose grandfather, King George V, was then the monarch as part of a new series of notes. So, um, yeah. I don't see why the rush, really, it's money, right? Let it phase out. You know, when you turn it in, kind of like what banks do when money is worn, you call it out and you send it back to the central bank for, um, for it to be destroyed, right? Because you, it can no longer sustain out there as it gets passed around. And I think that's how they should just handle the legal tender. Um, I noticed that Cayman Islands, and I'm going to talk about them later on in the Caribbean corner, they're asking their citizens to return the 20-pound note and the 50-pound note as quickly as possible. Why the rush? Why the rush? I don't see the, the reason for the rush. It's money. It costs money to print new money. So let's go ahead and exhaust her for 96 years. I don't see what's the rush. Good morning. Good morning, Javette. They they ain't even mentioned the Eastern Caribbean, the EC. Let's see if that's well, gonna come important. up. In the, I don't know. So let's see if that's gonna come up in the um as a matter of fact, do you know something? Let me do a little more digging here. Hold on. Okay. So currencies outside the UK. At one time, Queen Elizabeth II appeared on at least thirty-three different currencies, more than any other monarch an achievement noted by Guinness World Records. Her image is still featured on money in places where she remains a beloved figure, such as Canada, and continue to incorporate the Union Jack into their flags like Australia and New Zealand. She's also found on notes and coins issued by the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, the monetary authority for a group of small nations including Antigua and Barbuda, Dominica, Grenada, Montserrat, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Other places have long stopped putting her face on their currency. After Jamaica gained independence from Britain in 1962, its central bank replaced the Queen on paper notes with portraits of national heroes such as Marcus Garvey. Notes in the Seychelles now feature local wildlife instead of the Queen. Bermuda did a similar revamp, though the Queen retains a minor position on bills. Trinidad and Tobago swapped in a coat of arms after it became a republic. Hong Kong dollars issued after Britain handed its colony back to Beijing 
in 1997, featured Chinese dragons and skyscrapers on the Asian Financial Center skyline. Nothing said of what's going to happen yet, um, Javet. Nothing yet. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Good morning, okay. James. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel like they should rush it um, either because um, I think Charles is going to be the shortest, um, you know, of the, the monarchs. So, I think like, so too. So I believe that it, it's it's going to cost billions of dollars to change it out, and who knows what what if this guy lives five more years? You change it out again. Dang. You know. <laughs> So I want to give him I, 20 years. Let's give him 20 years. No, no, I don't think 20 years. Trust me, not 20 years. Did you see his meltdown over a pen? Did you did you see the clip of his meltdown over a pen? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't see 20 years. So I think they, they should probably skip him and, and go to um go to what's his name? His son, not Harry. Um, What's his name? The other bald one. Oh, Jesus. You're talking about William. <laughs> William. William. Yes, skip, no, you're a skip him and go to William. <laughs> William. William will do at least 30 years, so skip him. Because, no, it costs money, and you don't want to be switching out the next 10 years again. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you're skip putting him. a timeline on this man's life. But you're not wrong. I mean, how old is he now? What, 70-something? He's, he's 70. He's about 75. He's not. So we... Remember, the queen The queen is... <clears throat> the queen is... um. Like she's she's a strong woman. Like he's not that strong. Trust me. Mentally, I don't think he is. And from what I'm gathering, so it was. It's funny, but it's not funny, right? And I do work for him, and I understand. Um, we all go through mourning when we lose a parent. I mean, when I lost my dad, I was devastated. I thought it was the world coming to an end, right? Um, but I did not have the breakdown <laughs> that this man is having. But, um, and I understand he's human. So he's signing some documents and I'm trying to see if I can find the clip. He is signing some documents or something. He puts the wrong date and Cruella, um, is there, Oh, that you put the wrong date earlier too. He's like, Oh, I did. And then the pen is probably leaking a little bit. I don't know. And he, I, this bloody pen and he, he goes, you know, that's a little fit and she runs to his rescue and then she sits down and she's trying to, I guess, fix his mistakes for him. But as I'm reading through the comments and I'm seeing um, comments from people who live in the UK and say they don't think he's going to manage because he's not accustomed. He's always been under the shadow of his mom and his mom is always the one telling him what to do. So they're not so sure he is going to be able to hold up. Well, I don't know. And is it because I'm uh, what, I, what I'm thinking too, because I, I don't really know the history of it. Is it? she the, the first one that died because as um without handing over because like even the pope and over like leadership so don't like, they have always... to die first I no don't i don't think so because because I, I thought the pope i thought the pope had to die first and apparently not mm. um and and i've always wondered like is it that she don't have any faith in him why she'd rather die before like handing over to him Ooh. um because i don't know the history like if like I know, like for her, like I think for her, like the, the the her predecessor died, but I don't, I don't think it's a norm for you after because remember, there's in debt. Sometimes there's a period where, like, you're bedridden and you can't function. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so like my thinking is that like normally when you get to a certain age when you're losing certain type of brain function, like before you get to that stage, your cognitive like, okay, abilities, yeah. Yeah, let me just hand over. But she she like it seemed like it was only debt that was gonna let her hand over to him. And uh, remember remember like five years ago there was talk of skipping him. Remember? Like they were talking about skipping him um because his grandson was popular at the time. His son was popular at the time. So I don't know if there's no faith in him. Um why she had to die for him to think. So yeah, I don't know. Mm. Let's see. Let's see, James. That's all we can do. Let's see. Um, so now, based on what you just said, and of course, a lot of people are saying they should have just skipped him and handed it over to Will to uh, William. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Do I care about the monarch? No. Nah, don't give two shillings. But you know something? I'm trying. I'm really trying to be better. I am. I said this the other day. Yeah. But um, whatever them choose for do, it's their business, not mine. Um, for countries in the Caribbean who are thinking of becoming republics, now is a good time to move away from putting any member of the monarch on their currency. Right. Start the process. Don't waste time or money having portraits being drawn up and they going through the approval process and then print don't waste time and i think belize is one such country but um and any other country that's thinking about it just go ahead and put some put your put put something else put nature put put something of significance within your country that's my recommendation take the people them out for the money because them don't mean nothing to to us to us it's a reminder for us in the countries that were colonized not well jamaica moved away from her face but for countries that were colonized and still continue to have her face on the money i think it's a stark reminder of the control that they had right and the the the, the, the foot on the neck that's how i look at it but um let's move away from her on to other news, Russian businessman's body found in latest mysterious death. This is the third one, right? And this is according to CNN Business. Russian businessman Ivan Pekarin, the top manager for the Corporation of the Development of the Far East and the Arctic, has been found dead in, let me see if I can pronounce this one, Vladivostok, Vladivostok whatever the latest in a string of mysterious deaths among russian executives on september 12 2022 it became known about the tragic death of our colleague ivan pekarin managing director for the aviation industry for the corp of the corporation for the development of the far east and the arctic arctic rather reads a statement from the company published on monday very young man not a bad-looking young man either. Ivan's death is an irreparable loss for friends and colleagues, a great loss for the corporation um, or corporation. We offer our sincere condolences to family and friends. According to Russian state media outlet RIA Novosti, the administration of the company yeah, said a body was found near the village of Beragovi. Pekarin drowned on September 10 near Cape Ignatyev. I think I got that one right. Regional media reports. Pekarin is the 
is at least, oh, they're saying the ninth. I said the third. Mm. He is at least the ninth prominent Russian businessman to have reportedly died by suicide or in unexplained accidents since late January, with six of them associated with Russia's two largest energy companies. Four of those six were linked to the Russian state energy giant Gazprom or one of its subsidiaries, while the other two were associated with Luke Oil, Russia's largest privately owned oil and gas company. As I'm reading the story, you know what's going through my head? The movie Salt. Remember when Angelina Jolie was commissioned to um, eliminate people? Yeah, I'm thinking of the movie Salt. But this is serious, though. The ninth one. I think it's the third one I'm reporting here on Coffee and Just Wasn't it just last week someone mysteriously fell out of the window at the hospital? Or was it the hotel? Something. Whatever. I think it was the hospital a few weeks ago. Yeah. And this does sound so suspicious. Hmm. Something's fishy. Nemo is all up in this. Yeah. These large execs. I wonder what's going on. Do they need to... Is it that they have to be silenced because they know too much and we're about to speak or act indifferently? I don't know. But... This is a suspicious um, situation going on here. But you know something, um, Javed, time, time will reveal, right? We'll hear, we'll hear more. We hop on over to the United Kingdom for our next story, courtesy of Al Jazeera News. Grief and questions after UK police kill Chris Kaba, a black man. Police killing of a black man, 24-year-old father and aspiring rapper Chris Kaba, has reignited a national conversation about racism within the British police force and stirred fears among the country's black communities. On September 5th at about 10 p.m., Kaba was fatally shot by police after a car chase in Streatham. Am I saying it right? I don't know. Any London? London, dun, 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 dun. Why am I singing that this morning? Oh, my God. I love that song, though. And not to digress too much. Every time I hear that song, dun, 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 I hear that part. You can't help but twerk. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Anyway, let me get back on track. I'm playing gospel music today, so let me keep my thoughts right. Javet, you put it me in a tight spot. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go off on a tangent just for a little bit. You know what I did once? Simple, leave me alone. You know what I did once? So I, you know, it was a Sunday. I'm playing some gospel music, right, on my phone. And um, Kirk Franklin. Was it Kirk or was it Miramir? One of them, but you know them upbeat gospel songs, right? And I I get out of the shower and I start twerking. And my husband says, you know that's gospel music, right? Father, forgive me. <laughs> and then a couple weeks ago, I saw a video on TikTok where a woman was in church and she started twerking and everybody was looking at her. Listen, some of these beats, these gospel beats will have you thinking you're in the club. So you know what? I don't think. <laughs> God, so... 
So for the women like myself who don't twerk, at least I don't think I do. <laughs> I, I do the normal whining and stuff I grew up on, but I maybe got to think back. <laughs> and I'm like 50-50 on that. I'm just 50-50. I'm sorry. Sometimes I'll be sitting in a chair, and it's this bad. You know, you start twerking in the chair. <laughs> Father, forgive me. I don't know. But why, why am I asking for forgiveness for dancing? Didn't, exactly. Didn't God That's give us I'm the gift 50, of being 50. able to dance? <laughs> That's why I'm 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. Roll it, gal. <laughs> Roll it for Jesus. <laughs> DJ Simple, you're going to leave me alone. <laughs> oh, gosh. Y'all are being bad, okay? I'm trying to keep it together. Really trying to keep it together. But this is serious. Is it Street Thumb? S-T-R-E-A-T-H-A-M, Streatham Hill, a, Lon a South London district. Anyway, he was boxed in and an officer shot through the windscreen of the Audi he was driving on the driver's side. He received first aid at the scene and was taken to the hospital where he died. London's Metropolitan Police, which after the 2020 death of George Floyd, committed to becoming an actively anti-racist organization, said um. Cabba's car had been stopped after his registration number was linked to a firearms offense in the previous days. The Independent Office for Police Conduct said no gun was found in the car or the surrounding area and that the car, flagged by an automated system as carrying a weapon, was not owned by Cabo. This is sad. This is sad. So what was the purpose of shooting him? Okay, you had a car chase, but what was the point of shooting him through the windscreen? Couldn't you have asked him to exit the vehicle? If you want to shoot anything, shoot the tires so they're flat, so that you can't move, surround the vehicle, and have him, or some, it could have been handled differently. There was no need for this to end with to end with his life being taken. He could have been arrested if that was necessary. But is institutional racism ever going to go anywhere? Is it that institutional racism is so embedded within the forces that they are numb and don't even realize when they're practicing it. And I want to believe that within police forces globally, there are various races. So is it that regardless of your race, you're taught institutional racism and how to treat certain people? This is a question that needs attention is a question that should stir the powers that be to look into policies and procedures and how exercises are conducted. Go right ahead. Yeah, you know, I was, I was, oh, go ahead, James. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting? Like a lot of stuff that, you know, I used to see in Jamaica and people call it like third world or, you know, 
just uneducated and non-developed thinking of politicians and, and people. Mm -hmm. it's, it's some of the same practices that we're seeing coming up that's been like a staple in like, especially like America's um, history. Because back in the days, I remember like some of the, the popular dance in Jamaica, they used to have people in the community that are educated and that they don't put guns in those guys' hands. They just help them with their education. Mm -hmm. And they send and they send them to go in certain fields um, of profession to make, you know, their um, crime syndicate more prominent. So like police force, law, like a lot of lawyers were funded by, 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 by criminals, like gangsters. And when you read that story the other day about the police officers in these um, groups in America, like the, the, what do you call them, the far-right um, biker groups. Mm -hmm. Like, you realize that it's something in America's history because, like, these guys are in some of these groups that are race, racist groups. And they find a way to get in the police force to carry out their agenda. So how can you trust, like, some of those, like, I know there's a group here called like the Hell Hell Angels or whatever. I think they have a branch in the states too. Yes, they do. These guys are these guys are racist. These guys are biker groups with tattoos all over, and a lot of these guys get in position of power, like in law enforcement. And it's not like it's not that the, the police force is 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 <coughs> racial or whatever. But when you have these guys in these groups, it's almost like if you have two rival gangs. And you, you, you send some someone in a group in the police force and, and say, look, go take out these guys. That's James, what's happening in America. Let me interrupt you one second. We want to be careful when we talk about tattoos all over because we don't want people to feel that because people have tattoos all over, they're racist. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, so we because there are a lot of people who have zero tattoos who are very racist. So we wanna be a little careful with that one. Um because you know, yeah, want to be a little careful with that one. And not all of them that ride the bikes are racist either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just that some of these groups, like they have their, <laughs> like they have their agenda, and they end up in in the police force. And because we always like every time they're shooting, there's like the, the whole idea of training coming up, and it's not training. Training is not the problem because these are the same guys that that take down. Um, um, people that does that do the mass shooting with high-powered weapon and they, they take them in like, like free without free of injury, free of like they don't even have to shoot them to take them in. But for whatever reason, when they see like you know a black man on a cell phone, the cell phone all of a sudden look like a gun. So you know, I think I think it's just and I don't know like if it one of the the solution is like. You know, to make well, the force have to be more diverse. If, if as a black community, we have to encourage more people instead of like talking about like police is like bad or they are the enemy. Encourage them to go in the police force, and and, and to kind of even things out because it's not training. Um, oops, I'm sorry, but James, um, we have spoken right here on this platform about the diversity. Right, it's needed. However, we have also found that those you would expect better from don't necessarily do the right thing either. Because at the end of the day, they back each other. They cover up for each other. They, they are in collusion, right? So 
Is diversity really the answer? We would hope. Training is important, ongoing training, but I think psychological evaluation is a much needed thing and it needs to happen on a frequent basis. And the other thing that needs to happen too is the um, paying attention to reports that are made. A lot of times civilians will make reports and they're ignored. And it's not until there is some tragedy that when, okay, that's when they're going to start looking at the person, putting them on administrative leave nine times out of 10 with pay. It's not until that happens. So there needs to be a overhauling of the processes, right? Um, Granted, and, and here's the thing, James, you can train a person to the T. They can pass the exam to a T. They can display the right behaviors to a T. But we can't read their minds at the end of the day. We can't tell their true intention at the end of the day because people are raised and trained from an early age to display certain behaviors when necessary right? Much like ourselves. I know that when I'm at home, it's okay for me to eat with just my fork. But I know if I go out because of how I've been trained, it's knife and fork and I don't scoop. I turn the fork over and I eat on the back of the fork from off the back of the fork. I know at home I might chew up my chicken bone. I know when I go out, I can't do that. You understand what I'm saying? So there, there is enforced training that we hold on to. We know when to apply it. We know how to conduct ourselves depending on the situation we're in. Right? That's how it is. And it's the same thing with these people who get into the force, who they're, they've been trained, they've been prepared, and they're taught to you know, make themselves seem normal, get into these places, and then you can carry out the acts that we needed to carry out. So how do we infiltrate their minds? How, that is the problem we're having. Yeah, the, the reason why I say I feel like we should be in the force more because it's a numbers issue. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like, like I, the, most common, the most popular, um, not, not popular, but the, 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 the one that came to prominence like years ago was the, the, the black police officer that saw something going wrong and he stopped the police officer, the white police officer, and he went, he went and report, reported it to his um, superiors. And he, he ended up losing his job um, and he, he just lost everything and just went and turned on the force and started killing that, that, that was one of the, 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 the ones that came out. And the reason being because the, the, they're, like, they're minority in the police force. So if, if, like, say, for example, if they diversify, like, make it more... So because America seems to be black and white, but, you know, they're, they're, they're Spanish, they're, they're, they're Indians, they're, there's a lot of people that can go in the force. If they make the force more, like, especially... You live in a in a predominantly black area, and the police force is ninety percent white. It doesn't make sense. And a lot of young black men in the police force, when you are one percent of a force, and you see stuff happening, it's not like you you agree with it or whatever. Some of these guys is that they have their family to feed, and they know the system. They know if they report anything, their their life is probably in danger. So I feel like if 
if you live like in a city where it's like 60% African American, the, the police force should be reflective of, the, of, of that. Right. And in, 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 in those cases, we don't have this foolishness about black and black crime. And because we never hear white and white crime, right? So that's why I feel like they, they need to make it more, you know, well, we as a community need to do more to, to, to tell people that, you know, it's not about like, you know, burning out the police force or doing this or, or doing that because we need the police force to just make sure that our people are in there. Like if, if we have a problem with something, politics, police force or whatever, the healthcare system, we educate our people and send them in there so they can have our interests also. You know, that, that's, that's how I feel about it. All right. Thank you so much, James. I'm going to read some comments from the chat. Um, and just to highlight the demographic of the police force in um, the UK. Uh, the national police force is 93% white, while black officers make up 1.3%. In comparison, 86% of the population is white, while 3.3% is black. So is it based on that... Um, information is it safe to say that there is a balance in the scales because 93 percent of the office the police force is white dealing with that 86 percent white population 1.1.3 percent of the officers are black dealing with a 3.3 percent black population is that fair is that equal is that leveraging is that a balance in the scales all right yeah, I feel like you have to break it down to, to like cities, right? Because okay. like for example for example, like in Canada, like there are more black police officers in, in the GTA because the GTA has about eighty percent of Canada's Canada's like um black population. Okay. Um so I feel like when you when you go like countrywide and stuff like that, the picture might be different. But like if you go like say Michigan, um if you go like some some places in Michigan or some places in, in the, the um, New York or whatever, and you look at the because I know Canada does it that way, that way that they, they break down um, cities and, and communities and, and you see the the income level of the community, you see the race the racial breakdown of the community, and I think that that information is already there, so it's not rocket science to say like okay we'll get um, if if we have a Jewish community and mm -hmm. we have Jewish people that are interested in being police officers. And this community is predominantly Jewish, like 90%. You know, make, you know, set it up that way that, you know, because in, in fairness to some of the police, some of them are not equipped, like they don't know the, the, the characteristics of black people. So like they, they, everything, they, they look at us and they see like, oh, we're angry or we're, we're whatever. So they don't know how to deal with that. So if they break it down but, doors in, in a way like that, then it, it probably is going to work out better. All right, thank you. James, but, go yeah, ahead, just then. Yeah. I think one of the main things that we're forgetting is we need interest. Yes. So if we don't have people in those communities that are interested in becoming law enforcement, we're going to just ha keep having this argument. Yeah. It's always going to be one-sided. I yield. And Javette, the reason we don't have interest is because of the, um, the way we feel about the police force and how it has portrayed itself to the community the premise on which it was founded let's be real when you go back in history how and the reason why the police force 
was formed. And you can, so it's a matter now of changing the narrative. And the only way you can change the narrative is to see to it that your policies are changed as well. So people don't feel as though they become targets. And the minute they have to interact with the police force, they are up in arms. They are skeptical. They are defensive. So they need to work on community relations and the image needs to be changed within the force. All right. I did say I was going to read some um, comments from the chat because I got to keep it moving. But great conversation, of course. So Tan said, um, as relating to the incident that happened in the UK with the black man that was killed, it always can be handled without death. But we know better. Uh taught that you're better than the civilians traditional militia training and that seems to be global all police everywhere seem to act as though they're powerful and they're better than the regular civilian you know um it's when the tragedy makes it to the national news that's when they want to do something that was highlighted even when they do something after the news spread they're still doing something with intent to cover their asses. No, no lies told there. There has to be a genuine care for community, really and truly. There isn't any reprimanding from the chief until the politicians come down on them about not doing something about their staff. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tan, for your comments. Greatly appreciated. Institutional racism is rampant in the police force. It is something that needs to be tackled desperately. All right. Um, it's time for us to take another quick break. When we return, we have stories out of North America. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. And today we are crushing on the woman of gospel music. Keep it locked.
Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone, JohnnoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday, and today we are crushing on the woman of gospel. We gotta get some blessings today. Yesterday I went deep down in the trenches. You know, I was playing some train. Oh, Cardi B. Oh, ah, yes, I need some blessing. I need deliverance. We have the details of stories out of North America coming up right after this, so don't you dare go anywhere. Just tuning in, welcome. Thank you so much for logging on to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, log on to QMZRadio.com. All great music to help you get through your day. Don't forget to download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio. Take us on the go. If you're just joining us on Clubhouse, good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on where you are in the world. Thank you. We appreciate you coming through. Every day, every day, every you're listening to the voice of Cece Winans. I am. I am.
And it is time for us to get into the details of our stories out of North America. First up, a missing California girl's body found locked inside a bathroom. Mother's boyfriend arrested six months later. A mother's boyfriend has been arrested in connection to the murder of her young daughter. This past Saturday, police in Newark, California, arrested 34-year-old Dante Jackson for his alleged involvement in the murder of his girlfriend's 8-year-old daughter, Sophia Mason. Sophia disappeared for several months. Her relatives told police they had lost touch with her since December and that she was known for living in different locations between Hayward and Southern California. Back in March, police arrested Sophia's 30-year-old mother, Samantha Johnson, on a warrant that was connected to a 2021 child abuse case in Alameda County. That same month, Sophia's body was found. Police say the child's body was found inside the bathtub of a central California home. The bathroom was locked, according to court documents. Investigators learned that the child was subjected to physical and sexual abuse, was malnourished, and was sometimes forced to live in a shed in the backyard of Jackson's home. Johnson, who was in a relationship with Jackson, has pleaded not guilty to murder and child abuse. This is according to CBS News. Jackson and Johnson face the same charges, and four others have been arrested for allegedly helping Jackson evade the police. The Bay Area News Group uncovered child welfare documents that showed Sophia reported her abuse to two social workers, mentioning how her mother checked and hit her. Last week, Sophia's grandmother filed a wrongful death legal claim against Alameda County, accusing the Department of Child and Family Services of neglecting the young girl. Is the grandmother wrong for filing this claim against them, considering that this child reached out to them on two separate occasions and the child was ignored? What is the training that takes place within social service departments, an arm of the government, the state government? What is the process? How are they trained? Are they trained to ignore depending on who or what it is? I don't know. So... I have several um, acquaintances that work for them. And the unfortunate part of this story is there's so many cases. They have so many cases that they can't even keep up with. You know, I. it's a hard job. It's just really a hard job. And you just, you need so much proof to take a child from their home. You need proof to take them to the hospital to see if what they're um, stating, that their story is legit. It's just, it's, it's very unfortunate. And in all honesty, I, I may fault some of the family. Yeah. I may have to I may have to even fault the family because if you know you have a family member that has a child and they're not taking care of that child, mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm not saying that this grandmother didn't try to take this child away because I don't know the whole story. Right. It's, it's just sad all around to have a woman have some stranger come and abuse her child. You know, that's another part of the story. Yes, oh, it is. It's just sad all around. It's just sad all around. That part is very disturbing. And we have read similar stories like that right here, um, Javette, more than once, where it's not the child's father. It's a boyfriend that is sexually abusing and physically abusing, or the mother is abusing in tandem with the, the, the boyfriend. Are we, are we so desperate to have a man that we will allow this man to treat our child in, in any way? Are we so desperate? Are we so desperate for physical interaction? Because this is not love. This is in no way love. How can you say this man loves you and yet he treats your child that way? If a man is going to love a woman who has a child and it's not his child, it takes a special kind of love. And if you're not prepared for that, don't embark on that type of a relationship. Leave the single woman alone. And woman, stop being desperate just to have a man. Especially when you have these children. You cannot put these men in front of your children. Even if he's a father of the child and he's abusing the child, you have to know when to cut your losses and keep it moving god provides you may have dark days but you're not going to stay there forever yea though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death you are not going to stay there forever you are going to come out but you have to want to do it and i know um it's you know i'm sitting here and i'm saying it and i don't know the circumstances i don't know why people do what they do it's easy for me on the outside to say what well why didn't you it's very easy and i get that because i haven't walked a mile in their shoes but my prayer my hope my wish is that one day we'll stop hearing about these situations that we will feel strong enough vindicated enough to be able to walk away from any situation that is harming us, whether emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, financially, and know that we are going to be all right. Can you hear me, Moment? Yes, Javette, go right ahead. Because I have a red bar. I think, honestly, as people, and I think we've said this in this room, if not, I know I've said it on Clubhouse or heard it on Clubhouse, we have to start checking up on people. Yes. And be honest, if someone asks you how you're doing, don't just say, yeah, everything is good. Be honest and say, sis, brother, I'm really not having a good day. Maybe sometime a hug will just help. A hug may just help a person. We, we really have to start looking out for each other a little more. We have to. We need to. We really do. And I'm not just saying this out the side of my mouth because I do it. Yes. I have to be honest with you guys. I did something so shockingly a few weeks ago. I was even shocked. 
<laughs> one of my coworkers that was a other, she was crying in the bathroom. And I just, you know, I asked her what was going on. And I took five minutes and let her explain what was going on, you know, with her, with her situation. And I gave her some help. And then I actually hugged her. I was like, whoa, okay, it was another. I'm telling you, I had to be honest with you guys. I went back to my desk and I'm like, did I just do that? You were coloring outside. But I have to tell you, I have to tell you, since then, just a little bit of um, advice that I gave her has helped her in two weeks. Yeah. So I, I think I, I can say that's actual proof yes. that it can hurt. I asked her first, if it's okay, can I give you a hug? Right. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I don't really hug my coworkers. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I really don't. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll yield there. And that's a great thing that we need to do, Javette. Yes, you were the one who mentioned it right here. But here's the thing. And I shouldn't use the injunction, but. Let me remove the injunction. No, but here's what we need to do while we are reaching out and checking up on others. Let us see to it that we're coming from a genuine place, not coming off from a place where we want to get people's business to go sit down and gossip with other people. And I think that is the reason why a lot of times people are reluctant to be honest about what they're going on with. I know I am. I know I have said if I'm hungry, nobody nah, no Mirada dead for hungry before me ask anybody if you have dollar for put to, to buy food. I'm dead ass serious. If it's not my mother or my husband, I ain't doing it. I would rather live under a bridge before I ask somebody for a place to rest my head. Dead ass. I would rather go naked than ask someone for a jacket to cover me. And it's unfortunate that we're like that. That we feel that way. Who do we trust? When you have opened up yourselves and people turn around and abuse you, whether it is taking what you have said and go and make a a, a, a a conversation, a coffee conversation or a mimosa conversation somewhere else. That's not right. If I pick up and I reach out to you and I say, Miss Phyllis, how are you doing today? And Miss Phyllis turns to me and say, boy moments, I'm having a rough time. My light's about to get cut off. I only, my bill is 200. I only have one, 150. If I reach out and I say, no, Miss Phyllis, don't worry, so I'm going to send you the other 50. It is not my place to now come and go tell the whole world. Oh, you know, somebody don't forgive Miss Phyllis $50 the other day because I like nearly cut off and she didn't have the money. That's not right. That is not right. So when I do that to Miss Phyllis, what is the message I'm sending to Miss Phyllis? I'm telling Miss Phyllis, no, but I can't ask me again. Come here, go scandal you. And that is something we need to stop. But everybody likes to look like the savior. Everybody wants, oh, that's so nice of you. I'm glad you was able to do that. Stop it. 
Never let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. When you give in secret, your Father who blesses you will bless you openly. You don't have to make any announcement. You don't have a scandal, nobody. You don't know what somebody's going through mentally and emotionally. That by you going out there and advertising what you've done for them or advertising their business, what they have entrusted you with, you don't know what you're doing to that person. You don't know if the person you're telling is just waiting to get that information to go and tear them and shred them to pieces. We, want, we all need someone that we can turn to. We all need someone that we can talk to. What if the person, the very person that you trust and the per very person that you can't, you know, that you can rely on 100% is not accessible? And there is something that is burning of urgency. You have no one to turn to. That shouldn't be. We shouldn't be saying, no, boy, I'm not going to tell I'm not just going to tell Javet my business. And then when Javet, she gets in, she goes sit down and do, or shred me to pieces. No, that's not how life should be. We're supposed to lift each other up. We are supposed to be each other's keeper. Be your brother's keeper. People should find safe spaces within each of us without fear, without hesitancy. That's how it's supposed to be. That is how it is supposed to be. And I'm not saying that you can't make reference as Javette just did. Yes, you can make reference to a situation if it is going to be used in a way that Javette just did to lift others up. You know, have and I did not there. tell y'all her business. Exactly. I was about to get to that, Javette. Javette was able to make reference without calling the person's name and without telling us the person's business see what i'm saying that is how it's done stop tearing each other down and then the other part stop adding your versions to it stop editing it taking out and adding although i'm at the point where i don't care anything you want to say about me i have no time for try to defend myself or correct anything anything i hear believe it that's where I'm at. If you hear some thief, believe it. If you hear some kill, believe it. If you hear some drive over somebody, believe it. If you hear some anything you hear about me, believe it. I have no time or energy to sit down and fix anything. I, I'm done. I used to be concerned about it. I'm concerned no more. I am concerned no more. You know? Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm going I'm to go for a little bit. When somebody comes for chatter with somebody, ask them, and what did you say? Or how did that conversation start? Yeah. Right there, so. This poor child, dead, eight years old, abused sexually, physically, malnourished 
if a child makes a complaint, I think, and I'm not, I don't understand the process, but I can only make a recommendation. If a child has made several complaints, rather, I honestly feel that the Department of Family and Children's Services should try to find a way, be discreet, because sometimes if they come out blaring, it can cause more harm, but exercise discretion, be discreet, and see if there is a family member who is of sound mind that is willing to take the child because every child deserves a fair chance. They didn't ask to be here. I don't know. And I get it, Javette, that they're overwhelmed. But at the same time, you can't be so overwhelmed that you ignore pleas, especially if the plea comes more than once. We have to see how we can avert situations like this from happening. You know? <sighs> so sad. A, a woman sues San Francisco Police Department for using DNA from a rape kit to identify her as a burglary suspect. Wow. So on Monday, a woman who identifies herself as Jane Doe in a lawsuit filed to sue the San Francisco Police Department, claiming she was re-victimized after police allegedly used a genetic sample from a rape kit that says was, well, that she says was weaponized against her so they could arrest her as a burglary suspect. She called the department's use of the rape kit unconstitutional, and this is according to NBC News. The woman provided her DNA in a rape kit to police after she was sexually assaulted six years ago. This is what the lawsuit states. Back in December, a lab criminalist used the DNA to connect her to a burglary. However, the charges against her in that case were later dropped. The department has declined to comment on the matter. Sexual assault survivors consent to police to use their DNA for one purpose, to find the perpetrator of the sexual assault, said the woman's lawyer. What we have here is our constitutional rights turned on their head. So they drop it. I wonder how much she's suing for. I didn't know they did that. You consent to giving your DNA because you have been sexually assaulted and they go back six years in the database to pull your DNA? Wow. To use it in another way? I think her DNA came up in a search. But I think any. Anytime you give your DNA, like these 21 and me and all of those things, people trying to find their history, I think we're going to be open to things. So we got to be careful, right? Got to be careful what we open up ourselves to. I think we're doing something good, but it may come back to harm us. I hope that her experience will not be a deterrent for other women who have been victimized. I sincerely hope that it will not be a deterrent where women are going to be reluctant to step forward. 
if they have been um, sexually assaulted. Yeah. Three children. This one is so sad. Three children die after police find them unresponsive on Coney Island Beach. Authorities believe mother may have drowned them. Police in New York believe a 30-year-old mother may have drowned her three young children after they were found unresponsive on Monday at the water's edge near Coley Island's boardwalk on West 35th Street. Police found the mother, who was barefoot and soaked with water, just about two miles away. Authorities believe the children's death were premeditated, and they are now seeking insight from her neighbors and relatives, according to ABC News. Police say the woman was nearly catatonic, and when they talked to her on Monday, uh, and detectives believe postpartum depression may have played a role in her, the ordeal. Her children were ages 7, 4, and 3 months old. All three children were pronounced dead at Coney Island Hospital. Police believe the mother drowned the children, but their causes of death are still being investigated. Their alleged drownings happened at around 1.40 a.m. when a relative called the police saying they were concerned about the mother harming the children. The mother has no previous history of being emotionally unstable. However, she does have prior domestic incidents that include harassment and aggravated harassment, none of which were escalated into formal charges. Another sad situation. I'm not sure if she was involved with anyone, with a father. I'm not sure if she's a single mother. Don't know. And Javed, I'm going back to what you just said. You, you know, you say we are to check on our folks. If you are in a position to go to the rescue of a young mother, whether she asks for help or not, if you can be trusted, if you can be trusted with her children, if you're a close family member, very close friend, um, let's shed being selfish. You know something, you look a little tired. I think you need to get some rest. I'm going to come and I'm going to, you go sleep for a minute. I'll stay here. I'll stay here with the kids or I can take them with me. We can go to the park so you can get some time for yourself. Motherhood, parenthood, fatherhood is not easy. It's ongoing. And we all need a break, male and female. We all need a break. We all need that moment when we step away. And stepping away does not mean you don't love your children or you don't love your family. That's not what it means. But if you're empty, if you're not well, how can you operate at 100% for your children and your family? And women do not feel guilty for saying, I need a break. And we don't need to make other women feel bad for saying they need a break. Who says you're superwoman and you need to be superwoman? God himself has angels to carry out some of his tasks for him. Jesus had 12 disciples. We can't be everything. We're not octopuses with eight tentacles we can't do it all don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to render help when you see it 
necessary. There are a lot of things that people are dealing with, financially especially, because everybody's concern is being able to take care of their child financially, feed them, clothe them. People worry about daycare, the expense, not being able to find a job that is going to be able to sustain them because they get the job, yes, but when they do the math, it ain't mathing because they try to budget out this for light bill, this for water bill, car payment, car insurance, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, okay, what am I going to do? I wished she had an, uh, an alternative. Could it be that she asked for help and no one paid her any attention? Could that be the situation? And she felt caged in. I don't know. But postpartum is real. Postpartum depression is real. You may not even recognize that you're displaying it. And I think we need to become more familiar with identifying it even if it even in its simplest form. Even in its simplest form. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Truly heartbreaking. Seven years old, four years old, three months old. 1.40 a.m. Wish that call was made earlier, sooner. A teen girl used an alligator warning sign and a location sharing application to help police find her after being kidnapped and raped. Authorities in Coweta County, Georgia, have arrested a West Virginia man who raped a 17-year-old girl after he picked her after meeting her online. The incident happened last week when Dalton Ramsey offered to drive the girl to see her boyfriend in Pennsylvania. After picking her up, he took her to the B.T. Brown Reservoir Park, detained her, and sexually assaulted her at Knife Point, according to Fox News. At some point, Ramsey allowed the girl to use her phone, which she used to reach out to authorities. She shared her location with her boyfriend, who saw in a Google search online an image of an alligator warning sign. The girl confirmed that she saw the sign outside the closed park. Afterward, she used the app Noonlight to track her GPS location for authorities to see. She also provided the app with the make of the rapist's car and wrote rape in the app. Fox News reports that surveillance footage picked up Ramsey's car outside of the park. He was later arrested on September 6 in Habersham County. He's been charged with kidnapping charges, rape, aggravated assault with weapon, and possession of a knife during the commission of a crime. Uh -huh. Oh, Lord, help me not to think my thoughts, please, because, um, yeah, he needs to feel what she felt. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Question. Men who rape, is it that they have been raped? And they feel that's what they need to do? 
men who rape what's their reason what's their purpose is it that they are they feel powerful at that point because they've always wanted to feel that way i don't know what goes through the mind of a rapist you rape her at knife point and then what when you're done how do you feel you feel good you feel accomplished you feel some sense of well-being help us um remember the story the nurse who had the high-speed crash that killed six people well um reports are that she was going up to 130 miles per hour the nurse that was charged with killing the six in the fiery crash in los angeles and this is according to prosecutors nicole linton remains behind bars and is facing six counts of gross vehicular manslaughter initial reports claim that linton was driving her mercedes-benz at 90 miles per hour however new court documents reveal that the 37 year old had been going much faster reports say linton held the gas pedal to the floor for at least the final seconds leading up to the crash accelerating from 122 miles per hour to 130 miles per hour surveillance video and recorded data also show that linton had complete control over steering and maintained the tilt of the steering wheel to ensure that her vehicle traveled towards the intersection these bombshell findings contradict the claims made by Linton's attorney that she was passed out during the time of the crash. She was also not impaired when she collided, leaving some to wonder if an argument with her boyfriend drove her to purposely accelerate as a form of suicide. The deceased were identified as Asheray Ryan, who was eight months pregnant, her one-year-old child, Alonso Quintero, her boyfriend, Reynald Lester, who were in one vehicle. The other car that was hit carried 43-year-old Nathesia Lewis and 38-year-old Lynette Noble. But I thought they said she was drunk. That's not the case? From the original story. That she left a bar. So what's really going on here? Was she impaired? Was she not impaired? What's happening? Is there a device in the motor vehicles? I don't know. I'm asking, and I guess there is. So I'm probably asking a rhetorical question, but I'm asking anyway. Um, is there a device in every vehicle that is able to tell exactly what happened, the acceleration, the, the speed you're going at on impact, kind of like a black box? For vehicles does every vehicle come equipped with that or is this based on assumption i'm asking i don't know Any... um the computer and the car t can tells tells you how fast um the computer the computer and the car record everything oh, okay so they, they hook it up and they can tell you almost everything the speed emitter on all the stuff in the car, yeah. Okay, but that and that's for more recent vehicles. No, how f 
cars say that are from the 80s do they have that feature um most cars i want to believe they all have a computer um but i'm not sure about the 80s i'm not 100 percent sure about but i know that it's a possibility they have the computer because that's what helped diagnose the car when if something oh, yeah, is wrong that's right. when they hook it up to the the um little thing that they hold in their hand okay so i'm not sure if back in the 80s but yeah oh boy um well i hope they get their story straight her lawyer that is um her lawyer probably needs to look into getting an investigation done that's if she's able to afford it because we know if you can't afford it they're going to shortchange you right and you don't but we have to as and i was just listening and just saying we have to try to control ourselves even though you have an argument with your whoever boyfriend girlfriend whatever it is we need to find some self-control you know um a lot of us don't know how to deal with it a lot of us don't know how somebody you know argue with us and we feel like we want to hurt yourself or hurt other people but I don't know. We just need to find some form of self-control because you go out there and drive 130 miles an hour and kill another family. Two you families. Know? Two different, yeah. Two families because of you and your partner have a disagreement. I understand it's real. I know that it's very, um, very real because I was almost driven to that years and years ago and I have to find myself. It is real. Yeah. So we have to try to control ourselves get into a certain rage or a certain anger and something like that. We have to find that control or, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We have to control ourselves. I agree with you, Marlon. I totally agree. <sighs> Easier for some of us than others. And, you know, yeah, yeah. No other way to put it. You said it. No other way. Package explodes on Boston campus, one injured FBI involved. The story, courtesy of the Associated Press via WSVN Miami. A package exploded on the campus of Northeastern University in Boston late Tuesday, and the college said a staff member suffered minor injuries. Authorities said another suspic suspicious package was found near a prominent art museum, and the FBI was assisting with the investigation. The parcel that blew up was one of two that were reported to police early in the evening. Boston's bomb squad neutralized a second package near the city's Museum of Fine Arts, which is on the outskirts of the Northeastern campus. NBC Boston reported that the package that exploded went off as it was being opened near the university's Holmes Hall, which is home to the university's creative writing program and its women's gender and sexuality studies program. It said the FBI was assisting the investigation. So we're waiting for more details to unravel where that is concerned. Thankfully, so far, we've not heard about any injuries to anyone. Right. 14-year-old charged with murder in killing a Philadelphia employee at Playground. The story, courtesy of CNN. A 14-year-old boy who has been charged with murder in connection with the shooting death of a woman at the Philadelphia playground where she worked, city officials confirm. The teenager was charged with murder 
and other offenses related to the Friday shooting of Parks and Recreation employee Tiffany Fletcher at the Mill Creek Recreation Center in West Philadelphia, Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw said. Fletcher, 40, was caught in the crossfire of a shootout with a 14-year-old and at least one other individual. District Attorney Larry Krasner confirmed that the teenager is being charged as an adult, but officials did not disclose his name during a news reference or news conference rather on Monday. CNN has reached out to the Defender Association of Philadelphia to determine whether they are representing the teenager. Outlaw said officers heard multiple shots around Friday. Uh, around 1.30 p.m. on Friday in the area of the recreation center and saw people running from the playground when they responded to the scene. After she was shot, Fletcher ran to an area business where workers attempted to attend to her wounds. Officers transported Fletcher to a nearby hospital, but she died later that evening. The 14-year-old boy was arrested after a brief chase and a 9mm ghost gun was recovered in a nearby trash can. Authorities also found 12 fired shell casings at the scene. It is still unknown what led to the shootout and authorities are still searching for other suspects involved. What's a ghost gun? What's that? I'm not, it's the first I'm hearing. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm jumping to see here. I think it's a gun that you... Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Sam. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a gun that you sort of like make yourself ah. with a, like a 3d printer or something like that Ooh, okay um, i think that's kind of what a ghost gun i think all right so let me do a little research here okay so clicked on a link took me to to another cnn politics page so this article said president joe biden is directing his administration to tighten restrictions on so-called ghost guns as part of a series of actions related to gun safety. Here are key things to know. Ghost guns are self-assembled firearms, often put together with parts sold online. They do not have serial numbers. Purchases of kits or individual parts do not require a background check, meaning they can essentially be bought by anyone. Some ghost guns can be fabricated in as little as 30 minutes using kits and parts purchased online. The use of ghost guns is on the rise in major cities like Baltimore and Philadelphia. And in 2019, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives said that nearly a third of the guns now recovered by agents in California are unserialized. Wow. That's from an article um, April 8th, 2021. Ghost guns, 14 year old. We have a problem. There is an, ep is it, what's the right word? Epidemic amongst our youth. When you turn on the news, the majority of shootings or Robberies, well, down here in Miami, at least. Let me let me be more specific. A vast number of the crimes being committed are being committed by children as young as 12 years old, teenagers going up, young adults. So we're looking at 12 to 24 as the age range of those committing 
serious crimes. How do we as parents control our children? Because ultimately boils down to us. We spit them out, according to some people. We're the, one give, we're the ones giving birth. So what we have them for? For show? Figurine? Not a piece of yadro. So what, 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 when we have them, what's our purpose after that? We don't care? Even if we're busy, are we so busy trying to juggle that we don't check in with our kids? I don't know. But we seem to have a lost generation behind us. And it's not just here in the U.S., it's everywhere. So what do we do as parents? How do we fix the issue with our children? How do we take accountability? How do we hold ourselves responsible? Or is it that we don't need to hold ourselves responsible or accountable? Some of us do the best we can and still our children go awry. Some of us don't try at all and our children come out just fine. So what, what is it? But what do we do to give our children the best possible outcome? It's not about the shoes and the clothes and the, the, the gadgets. It's not about that. But what do we do? How do we fix the generation behind us? Is it that we're so lost ourselves, we don't even realize that our children are lost? Is that we're so engrossed? I don't know. Anybody has the answer, any suggestions, please let me hear it, because I don't know. 14-year-old. On Friday. Was Friday a holiday? 1.30 p.m. A 14-year-old is in what grade? Middle school? I think so. Middle school, yeah. If not, if not high school. Uh, possibly, hold on, I'm thinking. Son number three, he is going to be 16 in December. So he's 15 now. Ain't that sad? I, I have to be thinking back like that, counting back like that. He's 15. He's in the 11th grade. So it's possible high school. Yeah. It's grade eight or nine. Yeah, he's yeah he's fifteen, and he's in the eleventh grade. He's in the eleventh grade. Yeah, he's advanced. Yes. Yeah, he is. He he. Does okay, so you he's not a good person to count against. Okay, sorry. Because <laughs> he he's way too young to for eleventh grade, in my opinion. I um, mean, he should have been in um tenth grade maybe. Um, so I think I was fourteen. I may have started. No. June 14 I was in the I can't remember now 
Moments. You yeah. you graduate yeah. high school when you're 16 or 17. So son number four, son number three for me. Okay, so son number, you know what? You're right. I can't use my. I, I'm being unfair with using my children because they are all advanced. In yeah, they all graduated ahead of time, except for number three. Number three is graduating on schedule. The reason being, he wouldn't talk. He would not talk. He just would not talk. He didn't start talking until late. And I remember the pediatricians here saying, oh, he, they classified him as handicapped and he needs to go to um, speech therapy. And my parents said, not a damn, especially my mother. My, said, my mom said, uh-uh, give him to me. Give him to me. I got this. And sure enough, she got it. Um, but he didn't start talking until late. So he started school. All of them started school in Jamaica. So they had that advantage too. Because, you know, he starts school earlier in Jamaica. So, son number three, he's 17. So, he will graduate. He turns 18 in January. So, he'll graduate at 18. So, that sounds about right, right? 17, 18. So, 14 could be high school, no? No, no, no? High school. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be first yeah. first year high school. Um, what's it called? Ninth grade. Ninth grade. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be high school. Javette, I think I like I graduated from high school just as I turned um, I just turned eighteen. I, I'm a June baby, right? We're June babies, so and graduation wasn't until like the seventeenth of the month, and my birthday passed. So I was eighteen at graduation. Hmm. You start college early. No, I was younger than that when I graduated high school. Yeah. So you were advanced too, yeah? No. So in the States, your grade goes by the month that you were born. So if you're like born later, they kind of hold you back a bit. Ah, okay. That's not fair though. That's not fair. Well, I think it's not fair. yeah um 14 he should be in school either last year of middle school or first year of high school at worst that's where he should be 1 30 p.m shooting in a shootout 1 30 p.m 14 year old so what's gonna happen when he gets older are they right to charge him as an adult to uh yeah because they're charging him with murder as an adult is that right We're all full Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if that's the right approach. I don't know. 14 years old, charged as an adult. <sighs> I don't know. Are we skipping over certain things? Should he be in juvenile and have the, the the opportunity to be rehabilitated? Could it be that he's a victim of his community, his surroundings, his circumstances, that he saw no other way, but this is what he has been acclimated to? Could that be? Are we looking at factors or are we just not caring the situation that he's out of? 
we put that to the side i don't know because what i'm not hearing like i've heard in other cases is oh from this kind of home or oh you know reports have been made or i ha i hear no excuses that would allude to the behavior if you notice in the article <laughs> Yeah. Blessings. I may have missed a part of the story, but but in in general, mm -hmm. the U.S. doesn't really care about um, uh, who they put in prison or if they charge someone as an adult because the ultimate goal is real, not rehabilitation. Is actually to keep bodies in the prisons. So we have the largest prison population in the world. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't think they're just more criminals here than in other places. It's just that they put you in jail for, for you know, little infractions. I'm not saying what he did it was it was a little infraction, but a lot of folks who are in jail just because not because their crime required them to be in jail, but because they can't meet the so-called bail to um to get out of jail until their trial. So as long as we keep on having a system where you can it's profitable to have people in jail, uh, the system will never change because there are, there are communities where if you take the jails. Uh, that community, that community has no job because the jail is their number one employer. So the system is all shake up, man. It's going to take a tornado, a hurricane, a earthquake. It's going to take judgment day to um, change the system, actually, in, in this country because the minds of dollars always go first. So juveniles then, um, naturalists, don't have a chance? Well, um, the Supreme Court said in some in some situation you cannot charge a juvenile as an as an adult or give them life in prison. Matter of fact, I think they say you cannot give them life in prison. You know, they have to have a chance of um of parole. But if you charge a juvenile as an adult and you convict him as an adult, you may not give him life. But if you give him um sixty five years or eighty years, let's just call it life. It's what life. Said, actually, you're getting life. Yeah, it is life. I don't I personally don't agree. Um why why is this just popping up on my screen? Prince William just inherited a six hundred and eighty-five year old estate worth one billion dollars. Don't anger me this morning. Yeah, um <sighs> Let me stick to the story. Why CNN do this to me? Come rile me up this morning. Um I don't agree with charging him as an adult adult i really don't agree with it i think we need to look at his case carefully and when i say look at his case i think we need to look at all angles meaning his environment his familial situation what he has been exposed to if someone is exposed to nothing absolutely nothing but a criminal way of life if they are recruited into a criminal lifestyle were they given a fair opportunity to know something else something better were they given the, the exposure so is it truly fair to charge him as a as an adult at 14 years old 
Am I saying what he did is not wrong? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm looking at him as someone who needs an opportunity to change. And he's not going to get that if he's charged as an, 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 charged as an adult and thrown into an adult prison. He's a baby. At 14 years old, let's be honest with ourselves. Did we all know what we were doing? We knew what we were doing, but did we really knew what we were doing? We're carefree going about life. We had no fear. Needing a whole, we thought we were grown. But little did we know we needed a whole lot of guidance. I don't agree with charging him as an adult. I'm sorry. But moments. Yeah, Alexia, good morning. A quick video. Morning. I understand what you're saying, and in part and parcel, you're right. But we at 14, different from the 14-year-olds, no. They have way more information. They have way more access to things we never thought of, right? So I'm thinking a 14-year-old, no. He may, whether he was the one who assembled that gun or he got it from a friend or whatnot, I'm thinking he knew better than to have a gun. Now, I understand that some of them, they live in um, communities that are, you know, hey, you think you need a gun to protect yourself and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, a life is a life. That lady had a family, right? Yeah. And we can only think that if he gets crazy amount of years, then he'll have to spend his life probably trying to help others while in prison that's all we can think of that's all we can hope for that lady probably has a son that is also 14 will he choose to go and take up a gun too maybe that 14 year old was de defending himself you know because here the story said she was caught in crossfire so it's not that he intentionally intentionally shot her yeah but she got shot and she lost her life <sighs> you know we do stupid things and we get stupid prizes for it and it's very unfortunate that the prize that he's going to get is going to be getting tried as a, a an adult i'm a feely for him i'm a feely for whosoever raised him yeah. maybe they were really trying really hard but that lady lost her life she probably has kids. She's probably the only breadwinner in her household. What happens to those kids if they're there? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a tough situation. I feel it for him. I do, and I feel it for her family. I really do. But, you know, if he has... Um... If he's living at home with someone, parents, grandma, and uncle, whoever it is, um, this is my opinion. Mm -hmm. I believe parents need to get a hold of their kids, whoever is growing. I don't if he's at home. Um, I've said it many a times. Parents are somewhat scared of their kids. A lot of parents know what their child is doing. 90% of parents know what their child is doing and don't do nothing about it. They don't um, do anything. 
And I believe from this point on, if you're a parent and you know that your child is doing something wrong, I don't care how much you love your child because as see, he went out, whatever happened, and crossfire and killed somebody. And it happened too many times. Too many sad stories. That it could happen to me coming from work. It could happen to anyone in this room just out there doing their thing and somebody act stupid and kill you. For what? Nothing. They need to start charging these parents. Put them in jail. Because if you know your son is out there doing something and you don't do anything to help or stop him or sometimes tough love, you got to put his ass in jail. You know, let report him something because you have to save your child, whatever you have to do. I know you love your child, but if you know your son is a murderer or you know your son is a thief or whatever he's doing and you don't do anything to help him, you need to go to jail as well, you know, because if my, if my sons was doing something like that, I don't care. I'm going to report him. I'm going to get him help. And if he kills somebody, he's going to do his time. I'm going to let him sit there and do his time. I'm not going to spend my money. If I know you are guilty, I'm not going to spend my money to get you out of jail and knowing that you get up out of the house, you went and you killed somebody. And I'm supposed to spend my money to defend you, and I know you know you're guilty for self-defense. Now that's different. But if I know you're guilty, I'm not. I'm not helping you. You're gonna. You're gonna do that on your own. <sighs> Thank you, Marlon. Thank you, Alexia. Thank you, Naturalist. Thank you, Javette, for your comments. Tough situation. Really tough. I don't know what we're going to do as parents. I don't know what the children are going to do, but something needs to change. It's time for us to take a quick break. There's a little Mary Mary for you, Seattle. You're listening to The Sound.
Listeners logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.gov, janoradio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with Me, and you're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday, and today we are crushing. On the women of gospel. Thank you, Javette. It's our midweek blessing. Don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and also on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And the mean everything is MI. Coming up after this, sports news. And Caribbean Corner. So hit the floor. Oh, but before we get to that, we also have business and tech news. How could I forget? It's alright to crawl before you walk. It's alright to walk before you run. But if you wanna get what you never got, gotta do something that you never got. Go get, 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 Just tuning in to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com. Welcome to Coffee Intel World News on the Go, where I read the news and we share our views. And the week, it's the Clubhouse crew. Thank you. Get up, get that blast, 
those of you on Clubhouse, if you have not already done so, make sure you click on the greenhouse at the top to join the club. And it's time for business and tech news. So, Twitter shareholders plan to hold Elon Musk to the $44 billion deal, voted in favor of the takeover. Despite Elon Musk's efforts to get out of his deal to buy Twitter, he may be tied to it. The social media company's shareholders plan to hold him to it. On Tuesday, shareholders voted in favor of the $44 billion takeover deal with a value of $54.20 per share. Twitter's stock opened on Tuesday just under $41 per share, nearly 25% below the deal price CNN is reporting. The vote came days after the business magnet's third letter to the social media company requested to terminate their deal and included a purported $7.75 million severance payment the company made to its former head of security, Peter Zatko. Zatko allegedly came forward about Twitter's security and privacy vulnerabilities. In the letter, Musk's lawyers said the payment, reportedly made to Zatko and his lawyer on June 28, as part of a separation agreement, violated a provision of the acquisition contract. Twitter agreed not to provide any severance payments to employees in amounts outside the ordinary course of business consistent with past practice, according to the contract. The company called out Musk's latest effort to get out of the deal as invalid and wrongful. Musk sent the first letter to terminate the deal in July, claiming that Twitter violated the agreement by misrepresenting the number of spam and fake bot accounts on its site. The company then sued him to complete the acquisition. It accused the billionaire of using bots as a reason to leave the deal and that he developed buyer's remorse over following a market decline. Zatko went on the stand and testified in front of the U.S. Senate on Tuesday about what he said are Twitter's severe security and privacy vulnerabilities, including possibly having foreign intelligence agents on its payroll. The trial between Musk and Twitter is scheduled to start on October 17th. Damn, I didn't realize that deal could have all these intricacies and problems and headaches and what else? But something of concern here is Twitter's severe security and privacy vulnerabilities, including possibly having foreign intelligence agents on its payroll. But should we be surprised? Could it be that they're everywhere, but we just don't pay attention? Or we'd care not to pay attention because life has to go on anyway. If we concern ourselves with every single detail, we're not truly living, we're just existing. Y'all figure your problem out. That's rich people problems. Sort it out. Here is something that's bothering me. U.S. inflation still stubbornly high despite August slowdown. Story courtesy of the, uh, the Associated Press out of Washington. Lower gas costs slowed U.S. inflation for a second straight month in August. 
But most other prices around the economy kept rising. Evidence that inflation remains a heavy burden for American and most households. Consumer prices rose 8.3% from a year earlier and 0.1% from July. But the pump in core prices, which includes volatile food and energy costs, was especially worrisome. It outpaced expectations and ignited fear that the Federal Reserve will boost interest rates more aggressively and raise the risk of a recession. Fueled by high rents, medical care, and new cars, core prices leaped 6.3% for the year ending in August and 0.6% from July to August, the government said on Tuesday. Furniture and sports gear, among many other items, also got costlier, suggesting that businesses are still raising prices in response to robust consumer demand. Just get it under control. That's all I'm asking. And then from one story to another, courtesy of the BBC, U.S. markets sink in unexpectedly high inflation. Question, when we have um, market issues here in the U.S., does it trickle down to other countries? Are you feeling it in England, uh, Teflon, if you're able to speak? James, in Canada, do do you guys feel it up there? Go ahead, Teflon. You're in the Matrix, Teflon. You may have to close and come back again because we're not, we're hearing a lot of static, not hearing you. Okay, Teflon is definitely in the Matrix. Okay, James, how for you in England? If you can speak. Okay, Teflon is back. having issues there so um u.s markets yeah inflation in the u.s remained unexpectedly high well let me start that over inflation in the u.s remained unexpectedly high last month news that drove wall street to its worst day in more than two years prices rose 8.3 percent in the 12 months through august the labor department said faster than the 8.1 percent that economists expected that was down from 8.5 percent in july driven by lower petrol costs but the cost of food housing and medical care continued to search surge disappointing investors the dow jones industrial average sank nearly four percent the s p dropped 4.3 percent and the nasdaq plunged more than five percent it marked the steepest day of declines since june 2020 Uh, For U.S. President Joe Biden, whose approval ratings fell below 40 percent earlier this year amid cost of living concerns, the report was also a troubling sign ahead of the national elections in November. They will determine whether Mr. Biden's Democrats maintain their slim control of Congress. While Mr. Biden's ratings have recovered slightly in recent weeks as petrol prices have subsided, the issue remains a huge problem said pollster chris jackson for a president with approval ratings like mr biden's to see his party pick up seats in the midterms would be unprecedented he added but i got a question yeah i know 
he had signed this thing uh, where you don't pay taxes on the gas, couple maybe a month or two ago. I think it was for six months, so I'm not sure how long it was. What's going to happen when you have to start paying taxes on the gas again? Is it the gas is going to go back up? The price go back up? And I, I'm wondering if that's what causing the inflation in the grocery stores because the people that go to the grocery store know that the gas price is going to go back up so they, they leave the price where it's at because they know... I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I just crossed my mind just now and I'm wondering if that's why they're keeping everything up there because they know the gas price, the gas is going to go back up. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, was just thinking, I'm not sure. Something to think about, Marlon. I mean, I'm financially illiterate when it comes to the market and in, I'm no economist, nor did I study economy. It's tried, but mm, not for me. Sorry. Um, too confusing for me to understand. My brain can't absorb that. <laughs> Sorry. I stick to what I prefer. But I, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. But granted, though, Marlon, a couple, was it last week or the week before when we went to the supermarkets? I was like, I feeling I won the lotto because prices had gone down. Prices did go there, down. Yeah. Some stores, yeah. Um, but some people still hold, some stores still hold on to the price. Okay. Okay. Some stores, yeah, but some of them know. So I'm one, you know, I'm just wondering. Yeah. Hopefully we can get an answer. Hey, Teflon. Yes, you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had bad reception. Can you hear me? Properly? Yes, we can hear you now. So, Go right yeah, ahead. Yeah. What was the What was the question? So my question is: When the market tumbles in the U.S., the stock market, when there is a bad day, right? Um, does Does the market worldwide get affected? Does it affect you over there in the U.K.? Is there a trickle down effect? Um. To to be honest, I can't answer that because I'm very ob oblivious to like the cost of living. I try not to get caught up in it. Um, so I don't really notice. And the only thing I notice is that um, my stock, <laughs> my stock price, so my stock portfolio goes down. That's the only thing I notice. Okay. Um, but the only thing that people are uh, struggling with at the moment is. Uh, the energy prices, like the gas and electric, okay, and also and also petrol and diesel. Those, those are the only things that people are really like noticing. But apart from that, um, people people don't really people, like the food prices are normal. Um, yeah, so uh, me personally, the only thing I notice is my portfolio going down. That's it. That's it. Okay, <laughs> not paying much attention. <laughs> no, no, no. I try not to. And I, I keep. I keep my costs of living very, very. Like, I keep it to a very minimum. So, I, like unnecessary spending and bills that I don't need, I just cut them out. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, and then I've got tenants that pay pay my energy bills. So <laughs> I'm quite lucky. <laughs> but you're very yeah. fortunate indeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, Chefton. Appreciate it. All right. So. Moving on to health and science news. Five stages of grief and how to get through them. This is courtesy of CNN Health. When someone you love dies, the world as you know, or you've known it, is totally upended. One way people cope, added psychologist Sherry Cormier, is by trying to find some sort of certainty. 
This need for structure is probably one factor behind the popularity that latched onto the five stages of grief over 50 years ago and has not yet let up, said David Kessler, who founded Grief.com, a resource aiming to help people deal with uncharted territory related to grief. Kessler co-authored on grief and grieving with the late Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. A Swiss-American psychiatrist and pioneer of studies on dying people, Kubler-Ross wrote on death and dying, the 1969 book in which she proposed the patient-focused death adjustment pattern, the five stages of grief. Those stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. In the actual book, she talked about more than five stages. Think about the context of 1969 doctors and hospital personnel were not talking about the end-of-life process. But can we not say that it goes beyond death? I think whenever we're faced with any challenge or anything that upends life as we know it, we go through these stages. Did this really happen? Denial. In denial, there is grace. In that we can't fully register the total pain, shock, or disbelief over our loss or situation in one moment or one day. Or in the, you know, and as a result of that, the pain, the pain, sorry, is spread over time. While denial in a literal and dysfunctional sense would be trying to convince yourself that a loved one hasn't passed on or the circumstance or situation didn't happen, an inability to comprehend the loss or situation for a while is healthy, not something you need to quickly snap out of. If you're struggling with overwhelming denial, you can try to stop fighting the reality you've been presented with. Huh, interesting. Anger. Anger is another natural reaction to loss or circumstances, whether it's anger at the cause of death, the deceased, the God of your religion, yourself, or the randomness of the universe. Anger is a pain's bodyguard. It's how we express pain. That stage gives people permission to be angry in healthy ways and to know it's not bad. Anchor can, I'm sorry, anger can be an anchor giving temporary structure to the nothingness of loss. At first, grief feels like being lost at sea, no connection to anything. Then you get angry at someone, maybe a person who didn't attend the funeral or someone who wasn't there for you when you needed them, maybe a person who isn't around, maybe a person who is different now that the loved one has passed on or that you're in a different situation or space. Suddenly, you have a structure, your anger toward them. Beneath anger can be feelings of hopelessness or powerlessness, sometimes prompting guilt and blame that some people use to maintain an illusion of control or express frustration. Wow. Allow yourself to express anger in healthy ways, whether it is grief yoga, screaming in your car, using a punching bag, running, or other forms of exercise. Number three is bargaining. Often also stemming from guilt, bargaining after a loss typically involves if only. I know I've, been, I've said that many times, if only. If I had done this, if I'd said this, right? The if only statements focused on regrets about what you did 
or did not do. We may even bargain with the pain. We will do anything not to feel the pain of the loss. People often think of the stages as lasting weeks or months. They forget that the stages are responses to feelings that can last for minutes or hours as we flip in and out of one and then the other. Remember, we live in a world where sometimes bad things happen despite our best efforts. You ever heard the saying, "Good things, bad things happen to good people? Well, there you go. No matter how hard you try, we have to remember that bad things can still happen. Depression or an acute sadness is when the great loss begins more deeply affecting your life. Maybe the sadness feels as if it will last forever or you've withdrawn from life or are wondering if life is worth living alone. Sometimes sadness hits people at different times. Yeah, there is no telling when it's going to hit you. Often, deep sadness is really an expression of my loved one is gone or the situation I'm familiar with is gone and it's not going to come back. But those feelings should not always be labeled as clinical depression. If you think you're depressed around a death or a circumstance, see a psychiatrist for an evaluation. To cope with sadness, you can also seek support from friends, family, or grief support groups and regularly practice self-care. Acceptance, the final stage. Acceptance does not mean you're okay with your loved one or your circumstance being gone or changing. It just means that you now accept the new reality of life. Yeah. Acceptance isn't grief's end either. You might have little moments of acceptance over time. Yeah. One of the questions you may get most is when will the grief be over? Someone may ask you that. So when are you going to stop grieving? And very gently you can respond by asking, how long is the person going to be dead? Or how long is the person going to be removed from my life forever? Or how long is the job loss going to be? Right? It doesn't mean you will always grieve with pain. The goal of grief is to work. And it's to eventually remember that you can move on. Loving yourself. Loving yourself through the pain. Arriving at acceptance means you're healing. But if you can't get there, you need to seek professional help. Intense and persistent grief that causes problems and interferes with everyday functioning in a way that typical grief doesn't after some time has passed is known as prolonged grief disorder, according to the American Psychiatric Association. The disorder is the newest disorder to be added to the revised Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders released in March. To be diagnosed with prolonged grief disorder, a loved one's death and to have um, had to have occurred or a significant loss had to have occurred at least a prior, a year prior for adults and at least six months ago for children and adolescents. And this is according to the association. One symptom is difficulty with reintegration, such as 
pursuing interests or interacting with friends. And there's a new sixth stage, finding meaning. Meaning is in what we later do or realize as we mourn or accept loss of our own and those of others. Maybe you recognize the fragility of life or the fragility of circumstances. Yeah. And I didn't want to do a synopsis of the article because as we spoke earlier about um, touching base with others, checking on others, I think we need to familiarize ourselves if we are not yet familiar with the stages of grief. Are people displaying depression? Are, do you hear them doing a lot of bargaining, using the if-only statements? Are you encountering people who are angry all the time? People who are in constant denial? And I think us being aware of these things will also help us to be able to gauge how we can reach out to other people and to gauge our own emotions and our own process and what we are dealing with. Right? So I'm grateful for this article. Go ahead, Teflon. The, the, accepting, the accepting part is the, to me, I think is the most important one because if you haven't come to grips with everything and haven't healed then you're not going you're not going to seek help i think a lot of people need help from the from their networks and um yeah, so people have different time frames where they heal some people heal very quickly and some people take like some people can take over over a year over two years um, and then, so if they haven't reached that stage of healing, then it's, yeah, it's really hard. I've seen it happen. I've seen a lot of my people go through that. And when, when they haven't healed properly, they don't reach out to no one. And I think that's what makes it worse. So I think if we are aware that one of our, one of our friends and family are going through it, I think it's probably down to us to... Uh, use that initiative to reach out to them to make sure that they're all right because most most of the time they never reach out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that, Teflon. That is so true. Acceptance. I think that's the struggle for a lot of us. You've been in a job for 10, 15, 20 years. All of a sudden you're laid off or you're fired and you're like, I can't believe this. And, you know, you go through the, the <laughs> denial. Did this really just happen to me? Did, 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 did they really just let me go? And then you get angry. You start me. Look at all that I did. If it wasn't for me, that department would not have would not have been formed. If it wasn't for me, they would not have been making the money they're making. Right. We, we go through that. And then we like, but if I had only done this, I probably would still be there. And then the depression sets in when you realize, for example, no money is coming in. Or you're having a hard time securing something that will pay you the equivalent or even more than what you were making. And then you start living in the past, right? Depression sets in and then the acceptance you know what? It's time to move on. It's time to understand that 
that was. Appreciate everything for what it was. Take all the lessons learned, all the experience, and move forward. So it's applicable in every situation. People grieve the loss of loved ones. People grieve the loss of their business. People grieve the loss of um, their, what you call it, assets. People grieve the loss of a job. So grief is not just tied to the loss of a loved one. It's tied to so many things. And people grieve in different ways as well. Yes. 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 So I would implore all of us to get more information, if not for our own benefit, to help ourselves, because we probably have not yet all of us at some point are going to have to deal with this, with these emotions. So if we are not there yet or we've never had to deal with anything, maybe it will help us to be able to help someone else. All right. And sports news. Owner of Phoenix Suns, Robert Sarva, fined $10 million and suspended for one season over investigation findings that he used the N-word and made sex-related comments. Wow. Sarva has now been banned from the NBA for one season and ordered to pay the fine, which is the maximum the league can fine. The league released the findings of its extensive investigation after interviewing 320 current and former Suns employees and found Sarva said the N-word at least five times when recounting the statements of others. The league noted Sarva's use of the N-word was not motivated by racial rate or prejudice, TMZ's reporting. It also concluded that he did not treat female employees equally and made inappropriate comments about their appearance. The investigation also determined that the owner engaged in inappropriate physical conduct toward male employees. This conduct included the use of racially insensitive language, unequal treatment of female employees, sex-related statements and conduct, and harsh treatment of employees that on occasion constituted bullying the league wrote in a statement. The statements and conduct described in the findings of the in independent investigation are troubling and disappointing, said NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. We believe the outcome is the right one, taking into account all the facts, circumstances and context brought to light by the comprehensive investigation of this 18-year period and our commitment to upholding proper standards in the NBA workplaces. I am hopeful that the NBA community will use this opportunity to reflect on what this great game means to people everywhere and the values of equality, respect and inclusion that it strives to represent, regardless of position power or intent we all need to recognize the corrosive and hurtful impact of racially insensitive and demeaning language and behavior on behalf of the entire nba i apologize to all of those impacted by the misconduct outlined in in, in the investigators report we must do better during sarva suspension he is ordered to complete a workplace conduct course and he will not have any access to the team or its facilities during the suspension. The Suns must hire an outside firm to advise on workplace training, hiring, and compensation. Sarva is a real estate development mogul and acquired the Suns in 2004 for $401 million. 
can he be relieved of the sun's period? Because this is an ongoing behavior. 18 years, it took them 18 years to do, to, to do something. Why so long? Why did it take the NBA 18 years? I'm sorry, I have a problem with that. It's probably because of his position, because he's actually the owner. He's got a lot of power. Um, in the NBA world, the owners, they have a lot of power within the industry. So uh, maybe it was intimidation, maybe it was bribery, uh, maybe they were just trying to um, cover up, maybe there was a lot of cover-ups. Yeah, but um, at least, at least they're, they're, they're finally doing something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're grateful for that. And let it be a lesson to others. Um, 18 years is a long time for the resolution. But I think they found, I think, I found out if I can remember, I think a couple of years ago, another owner got suspended for the same thing. <laughs> I want to say it was the um, um, one in LA there. Oh, man, I can't remember. Not, not, not the Lakers, um, the other one. Washington Wizards? No, no, no. What am I saying? The Wizards? No. What? Golden Gate, sorry. No, 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 no. I can't remember it, but I Warriors. wanted okay. not worry it, but yeah. Um, I want to believe a couple of one of them got suspended a couple of years ago for this for the same exact thing. So it's a you know, it's a, it's possibly a trend or a lot of them. Me personally, a lot of them think like that, you know. So, but hey, who am I? Or maybe, or maybe it's not being reported. Maybe that's why it hasn't, they haven't taken no action. Because a lot of times when these things happen within an organization, um, the staff are too scared to speak up, especially if it's the owner. So maybe this has been ongoing for 18 years, but hasn't been reported. And it's only just been reported now. And everyone's kind of coming forward. Maybe that's what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, naturalist. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm under the impression that all these powerful men, especially when it comes to women, uh, that's what they do, and they should be held accountable. But as far as we're using the N-word is concerned, um, is there a rule in the NBA that the players can't use the N-word? <laughs> because cause I, I always, it, it perplexes me when someone tells me that, you know what, it's okay for me to use the N-word, but it's not okay for you to use it. <laughs> I think that, that that's also ridiculous. I choose not to use the word because it is degrading. Period. It doesn't matter um, who says it. So I knew that the NBA, the players, they will never go out there and use a term that is derogatory to the um the gays or or to the Jewish people. But yet still, they use a term that's derogatory to themselves on a regular basis. So I think the players should also be held accountable for using that word. Also, facts. Agreed. Not saying that he, he, he's, he, he's, he's right. I'm just saying the double standard. Yeah. I have to agree with you, naturalist. That's the thing. If, you see, when, when the players are using it loosely, um, then they're making everyone comfortable to use it because that, um, that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Good point, uh, naturalist. Valid point. And I think it's something we have expounded on that so many times right here on Coffee and Toe. You know, yeah, we have to set the tone 
we really have to set the tone and change the perception. Yeah, we, we are responsible for changing the narrative. We are responsible and we have to hold ourselves accountable to some degree. It is time for Caribbean Corner. And our first story, courtesy of Al Jazeera News, Haitian journalists killed while reporting on violence in capital. Two Haitian journalists have been killed while reporting in the country's capital on the weekend, a journalists association and news outlet said, as deadly gang violence continues to ripple across Port-au-Prince. The two reporters were fatally shot and their bodies burned on Sunday while they were reporting on violence in the impoverished neighborhood of Cité Soleil, which has suffered from heightened gang activity in recent months. Their bodies have not been recovered. The victims were identified as journalists Taysen Latigue, who worked for digital publication Tijen Journali, and Francine Charles, a reporter with FS News Haiti. That is so sad. Their deaths come amid rising violence in Haiti where rival gangs have been battling for control of territory in and around the capital as instability worsened after President Jovenel Moise's assassination in July of last year. It's more than a year, um, Haiti. Come on, folks. Stop fighting against each other. The world is already fighting against you. Stop fighting against each other. And it's in the neighborhoods where people are disenfranchised. When is when are when are we gonna stop? To what avail? These rival gangs battling for control. Okay, you get the 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 the, the areas and the territory, and then do what? What do you do with it once you get it? Once you get these territories that you're battling and killing your own Asians for. What do you do with these communities? Are you putting in schools? Are you making sure there's a hospital? Are you fixing the road? Are you looking into the economy of these communities? What are you doing? All you're doing is further alienating yourself from the rest of the world because you're already fighting the world. It's Haiti against the world. Come on, Haitians. Stop being Haiti against Haiti. Please. Since July of last year. And there seems to be no stopping in sight. Do we call in the leaders of Haiti? Because they seem to be powerless. So who is going to rise up and take control? Who is going to make an impression on the gangs? That we're getting nowhere. All we're doing is self-destructing. We are our own self-inflicted cancer. Makes no sense. You know what would be interested? Interesting to to find the, the head of the snake because yes, this don't this don't just happen like that. Um, Haiti, Cuba, similar. Um, situation isolated from the world right mm-hmm. um 
Cuba, the difference with Cuba, Cuba, you know, cut off pretty much the world. Like they control their destiny. Um, I've been around a while. I've never heard of any um, groups or terrorist organization able to to um, to rise in Cuba. Never. The one time, the one time with the group from Florida that went down um, to, to to try and invade overnight. Since then, nothing. So, the head of the snake is not in is not in Haiti. You know, Haiti has so much gun, they're able to, to trade guns to Jamaica. So they're getting the guns from somewhere. And as we know, with a lot of these um, black countries that are destabilized, there's a there's an outside force that's trying to keep it that way. Because, yeah, poverty is there. Um, and you get your hands on guns and stuff like that. You're going to become like one of those groups where you you extort, you rape, you, you, you kill and you control. But without the guns, you're not able to do that. So it will be interesting to find out where all these guns coming from and who is at the head of it, you know? It's not it's not in Haiti, though. Not in Haiti. Yeah. Yeah, follow... There's, there's, they have to follow a lead. They have to get... It. But here's the thing. So these gangs are acting um, on the instruction of some leader as you say james who may not even be in haiti they don't stop for a second and say hold on there hold on there hold on it would be all of us in here turning on each other at no point are we going to stop and say whoa hold on there javet hold on sonnet back up back up hold on james sula teflon marlon naturalist libra and orange dna hold on why are we doing this to each other at no point we're going to stop and wonder why we're killing each other fighting each other at no point, common sense don't prevail and say, whoa, stop, because we're not achieving anything. Because all we're doing is devaluing the country. Come on. This is why they choose a certain kind of people up and to use um, the head, whoever the head is, they go in certain areas to choose certain people to use who they can control with money or whatever they control them with. So they had, they, you know, they go in these areas, these poor areas, because at the end of the day, it's sad to say, most of these areas are poor. Even wherever you go, all majority of the crime you see happening is in poor areas. Why? Because the head controlled people with money. They give you a dollar, you could do whatever. Don't realize that they're just using you to get rid of each other. You know, and we need to wake up. A lot of us need to wake up. You know, they don't, most of them don't give a crap about us. We need to wake, we need to wake up. All right, our next story. Bahamian politicians want Charles III to atone for ills of slavery. As Charles III begins his reign as King of Great Britain and 14 other realms, politicians in the Bahamas said this new era of the monarchy is a perfect time for an apology and reparations to be given to those affected by colonialism. Speaking with members of the media following the Following the official announcement of Charles's ascension as King of the Bahamas on Sunday in Nassau, 
Opposition leader Michael Pintard said an apology and atoning for the wrongs of the past is the right thing to do. Reparations for slavery has always been a front-burner issue in the minds of descendants of Africans who were enslaved, and we know very well that the United Kingdom played a role in that regard. For those persons who say that we should take that off the front burner since we have emerged as an independent country and many of us are doing exceptionally well, I'm saying to those persons that we right the historical wrongs. Minister of Social Services expressed a similar view to the opposition leader. The critical thing about life is not the mistakes you made. It is how you are able to rise up and amend and be able to correct the mistakes you made. It takes a big man, a big organization to be able to reflect, to be able to say we were wrong. And that's an admittance, he said. King Charles's son, Prince William, his brother, Prince Edward, and their wives were met with some hostility during their visits to the Caribbean earlier this year to mark Queen Elizabeth II's 70-year rule. Activists demanded that the royal family and the UK government pay reparations to the descendants of enslaved Africans and indigenous people who were brutalized on plantations that supplied wealth which funded the kingdom. While not outrightly apologizing for the ills of transatlantic slavery and British colonialism in Africa, Asia, and the Caribbean, Charles expressed his deep sorrow about the issue during a speech at the Commonwealth Heads of Government Summit in Kigali, Rwanda, earlier this year. While we strive together for peace, prosperity, and democracy, I want to acknowledge that the roots of our contemporary association run deep into the most painful period of our history, Charles said. He also went on to say, I cannot describe the depths of my personal sorrow at the suffering of so many as I continue to deepen my own understanding of slavery's enduring impact. And while that is going on, Local bank says the $20 pound and $50 pound notes are being phased out, and that is happening in the Cayman Islands. According to the Bank of England, September 30, 2022 is the last time that you can use Bank of England paper, the 20 pound note and 50 pound notes in England. They have been replaced by new polymer notes. As a result, CIBC First Caribbean is advising its customers to turn in any paper withdrawn notes or exchange or deposit them with the nearest branch before October 14, 2022. So that's to the folks in the Cayman Islands. And we hop on over to Jamaica. PNP doing what they always do best, right? Critiquing and criticizing. PNP lashes wholeness for focus on Morning Queen over local issues. The opposition People's National Party has criticized Prime Minister Andrew Holness over what they say is his focus on mourning the death of Queen Elizabeth II instead of tending to pressing issues facing the Jamaican people. The government announced an official mourning period of 12 days while England is doing 10 following the passing of British monarch from September 8 to 19 with a day of mourning to be observed on September 18. A period of 10 days was of mourning was declared in the United Kingdom. So why we have an extra in a little, little Jamaica? What make we extra so? Enough with us so we stay all the same. We always extra. We got dance, we have to buy out the bar. We got party, we have to be the best dress. Yeah, 
We build up house to be the biggest. We put on paint to be the brightest. That's how we stay. Something about we Jamaican, we take it to the next level. It's not necessary in this case. I've been saying this from day one. I'm glad. <laughs> yes, Teflon, we lost I'm you glad again. Someone's speaking up. We lost you again, Teflon. No, okay. I said, I'm glad someone's finally speaking up. Yeah. I've been saying this from day one. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth, who was officially Jamaica's head of state, as we know she did, wholeness along with the Queen's representative in Jamaica, Governor General Sir Patrick Allen, is expected to attend the state funeral for the Queen at Westminster Abbey in London on September 19. But opposition spokesman on national security Peter Bunting said he was embarrassed by the Prime Minister's emphasis on mourning the Queen. He said, and I quote, I am personally embarrassed as a five-time parliamentarian that Jamaica still has the British monarch as head of state, but my disappointment is even greater that the first prime minister born after independence, wholeness, is in such need of ideological decolonization that Jamaica is mourning the queen even more than the British people are mourning the queen. <laughs> I want to point to the. Pro- I've been saying the exact words. Same the thing. Exact, I've, been, I've been saying it from day one. Yep. <laughs> yep. And we said it right here, Teflon. We said it. We're extra. We're too enough. We're too enough. Nothing is wrong with. um. Okay, let's say a day because we're part of the monarchy. But we are taking 12 days, two days longer than the whole monarchy, than UK. How about we so special? We get pay for it um, more than a little longer. Hmm? They, they did the same thing with the COVID restrictions as well. Extra way extra. Always, always extra. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, on, they're on in the Queen because Jamaica was her favorite place to visit. Yeah, right. And how often did she go? Once every decade. Yeah, but I think she got to Jamaica more than most countries in the world, though. So that make us her favorite. Make her make us her favorite. Child, please. Are we, yeah. Are we <laughs> and our son there. L.A. Lewis there, so she, that you know, we have to represent. Real Claffy and Papi show. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> be good, moments. Be good. <laughs> and corral me up again this morning. <laughs> So, according to the BBC, will Jamaica now seek to move on from royals as a republic? And I hope they do. I don't need to read this article. We're just hoping that it will happen. Godspeed. Let's move quickly with that. In, <laughs> believe it or not, stories. Let me see if I can get this through really quickly. Um, so, a New York woman will spend four months in prison for interfering with crew members aboard an American flight from Dallas to Los Angeles. The altercation which took place last year caused the flight to be diverted to Phoenix, according to federal prosecutors. Kelly Pichardo and another first-class passenger, Lisa Rodriguez, did not display first-class behavior as they engaged in intimidating behavior on the flight. They were removed from the plane after it landed at Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport on February 24, 2021. Authorities said both women assaulted a passenger during the flight and used racial slurs after a male passenger asked them to stop. Pichardo is also accused of spitting at the man when he tried to record the incident. I got tell you something. I just had a plane. I got go down. Everybody I did today. Spit by who? Really? That is the worst thing I think you can do. 
spit on someone. The case was investigated by the FBI and Phoenix police. The two women have since been indicted for disorderly conduct for verbally and physically assaulting other passengers and flight crew members. Pichardo, a 32-year-old resident of the Bronx, has been ordered to pay nearly $9,200 restitution to the airline as a result of the altercation. She must also serve three years of supervised release following her prison sentence. The other female passenger has pleaded guilty and will be sentenced in November. I hope they're banned from flying, period. They don't need to be on any plane, period. Altavada. For real. Them said, don't be no for frightened. Sorry. The important question is always, what, what is their race? Just curious. We already know. We already know. I don't. <laughs> Caucasian persuasion. <laughs> oh, for this is example for these Karens. <sighs> Spitting has to be the worst. Though. Let me tell. <laughs> Spitting is like the worst. You can. I'd rather you slap or punch me in the face yes. here than. But spitting is just different. You don't know what they've got. Exactly. Don't know what kind of diseases they've got. You know what I mean? It's nasty. I'm glad they were able to land the plane. I'm not. I'm not so sure what would happen. I'm set up it all for frightened. I'm gonna tell you for real. And our final story, woman arrested for allegedly threatening judge in Mar-a-Lago documents case. Lady, so a Texas woman, uh, get your folks over there in Texas. <laughs> Javette, Javette says, I claim New York, Brooklyn all day. A Texas woman who allegedly left a series of threatening messages on the voicemail of a federal judge overseeing one of former President Donald Trump's legal fights in Florida was arrested last week, according to court documents. Tiffany Shee Gish of Houston left three voicemails for Eileen Cannon, a federal judge in the Southern District of Florida, who was nominated by Trump in 2020, according to court documents. Cannon is handling the former president's request for a special master to review documents and other items the FBI seized from Mar-a-Lago last month. So, in the voicemails, Gish threatened to have Cannon assassinated in front of her family for helping the former president, court documents say. Uh, uh, <coughs> he's marked for assassination and so are you, she said, according to court documents. Oh, what a blow. Are these... She, <laughs> in other messages, how, how ironic is it? And I hadn't read this article earlier, but how ironic is it is that when I read the article relating to um, Russia, that <laughs> this is going to come up here. In other messages, Gish, who identified herself on the messages as Evelyn Salt, said that she was in charge of nuclear for the United States government and claimed that Trump had some responsibility for the September 11, 2001 terrorist attack. You know what? Oh. <laughs> my leg. My people still exist. <laughs> and it is that time. <laughs> I have to say 
thank you to all our listeners who logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone, for quality music while you work or play to get you through your day. It's www.QMZRadio.com for good music to get you through your day. Also, thank you to all everyone that logged on to JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And of course, I have to say a huge thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you were listening to Coffee in Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversations, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, and bring a friend along, right? Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask this one thing. Please be safe. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Clubhouse, I'll be right back with you.